Welcome in everyone to episode 122 of the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damon here with my co-host Matt. This week we're going to bring you some, uh, we had some four extensions happen this week, some big injuries, uh, and then some other players getting called up, uh, a couple returns that are on the verge of happening, and then an interesting nugget about potential new uh, expansion spot, and then we'll close up the show with players of the week. But before we get to all that, Matt, how are you doing this week? Doing pretty good. Um, I've had a fun week. I've uh, been watching uh, watch a lot of baseball. It's always a good week when your team goes seven and zero. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time of the year for sports. Uh, there's obviously the, the, you know baseball is my number one, but basketball playoffs going on, hockey playoffs going on. Just a great time for sports. There's like six different things on at a time to watch. It's a lot of fun. So uh, definitely uh, had a good week, and uh, weather's great here in Alabama right now. It's it's pretty outside. It's been it's been nice. So it's everything's everything's great. How's uh how's everything going for you, Damian? Uh, it's going all right. I uh was able to head to Dodger Stadium this uh this past weekend for uh one of the Cubs Dodgers games. Got to see Cody return uh there. So that was it was a nice sight to see there. Uh team didn't do so well, but uh it was fun to see the the new rules in person. Uh probably do an episode on that here in the future. Uh, I went with a couple casual fans, so it was going to be – I got some feedback from them that I thought was pretty interesting. But overall, I mean, it was a good week of of baseball all around, a lot of fun performances to see. Uh, some big extensions that we'll get to right here that kind of – a couple that were a little shocking. But overall, it's a nice, fun week, and I'm just ready to, to get this thing moving. Uh, and you guys will notice that David's not here this week. Uh, we're moving recording days to a new night. Uh, he had something already planned for this week. So he will be back starting next week and we will all be good from there. Yep. Uh, so let's go ahead and just jump right into the uh, extensions. Uh, and the first one we're going to start with is, is actually a Chicago Cub. So David's going to miss this one. But Ian Happ signed a three-year, $61 million extension. Uh, has no options in it. So it's going to be the straight three years. Starts uh, in 2024. So I think buys out three free agent years because Ian Happ was supposed to be a free agent uh, here heading into this year. And a guy that we've heard a lot of trade rumors about, but he gets his extension. Yeah, um, it's an interesting extension here. Three years, $61 million. Um, it feels like it's it's kind of hard to tell what that is for him because he's been a good player for the Cubs. He's one of those he's one of the only players left there that was kind of, a, he wasn't on their world series team, but he was kind of a part of that era. He was on their 2017 team, which I believe played in the uh, NLCS as well. Uh, you know, that he's been on a few playoff teams. He's kind of the bridge between that previous era to their current era. And um, he's been a pretty good player. Uh, he's kind of been, you know, worthy of being an everyday regular at the big league level. Uh, he's had a couple of really solid seasons. Um, in fact, his, his career WRC plus is 116, which is really nice. He's been a little inconsistent with his defense. They played him in center field for a long time in his career, which was, I don't think he was really great there. But moving him to left field, he's been a lot better there. He's just been a solid defender in the outfield. Last year, put up his best season uh, durability-wise. His last two years, he's played 148 games or more, which has been nice. Um, off to a pretty good start this year. Uh, you know, the metrics are, are a little bit – are saying he, he's going to regress a little bit from his start. But um, the big thing for him is a lot of the question mark was swing and miss with him, and he cut that down a lot last year while sacrificing a little bit of power. But the on-base skills are there, uh, 342 on-base last year. Uh, I think he's a solid player, and I think it's a pretty good extension. I do think there might be a little bit more in the tank 
that we've seen from him so far. And, you know, three years, $21 million. They bought him out of two free agent years, I believe. Uh, really nice contract for him and a good uh, good on the Cubs for, for kind of locking up a guy for a few more years that uh, has been a pretty useful player for them and will continue to be that for them, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I think it's a really solid deal for both sides here. Like you mentioned, it kind of it gives them stability from that old kind of core to the new core that they've had. Um, and really ushers into the we, we saw the Cubs go for it this year, you know, signing Dansby, signing uh Jamison Tyon, having signed Strowman the year before that, um, signing Bellinger, even though that one was only a one year deal. We've seen them make the the kind of jump the past couple of years to say that they want to kind of get into contention again. And we've seen the rumors about half the past couple of years, like is he going to get traded? And everyone thought it was a foregone conclusion at the deadline last year that he was going to get traded. Uh didn't. And now right as he is what six months away from free agency signs a, a three year deal there. And basically that's one less issue they got to worry about this offseason when there's some big name free agents um you know going to be out there that they could now shift their focus onto and not have to worry on bringing Hap back. And he's a solid player that hits in the middle of that lineup for him. Um, you know, he, he can has the power upside. He'll play solid defense. He's a pretty good base runner. Uh, so overall, I think it's a really good deal for uh, for both sides there. And, and it's not too long term that it really, you know, you're worried about the contract, what the back end of it's going to really look like there. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next uh, extension we had, and that was with Logan Webb with the San Francisco Giants, signed a five-year, $90 million deal, also starts in 2024, and it looks like that one buys out three free agent years as well. Yeah, Logan Webb's an interesting pitcher. Um, you know, he really kind of broke out in 2021 with the uh, Giants, had a fantastic year, uh, put up a 303 ERA in 148 innings. Um you know, really, that was and that was the year that they were able to surpass the Dodgers and win the in the win in the NL West and uh, with the 107 win season, he was a really big part of that. And then last year, he backed it up, uh, put it up that same similar season. Um, you know, a, a 290 ERA, the ERA was even a little bit better. The FIP wasn't quite as good as it was in 2021. It's the strikeouts dipped a tiny bit, but uh, definitely a really solid pitcher, good ground ball guy. Got the ground. Gets the ball on the ground at a, at a above 55% clip, which is really, really nice. Um, you know, this year, uh, off to a tiny bit of a slow start, but honestly, the the metrics on him, he looks fine. It's probably small sample size has caused his start to be a little bit slow. Uh, but he's he's been he, he's a really, really good pitcher. Uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a guy that it feels like is probably, um, you know, the type that probably has some longevity with his with his uh you know with his arsenal being a kind of a ground ball guy uh it's not like he's throwing you know a super super hard um you know i don't think he's a super max effort guy i think he's you know it's not like he's you know a string bean or something real small guy on the mound like i think he's a guy who's gonna be pretty good like this for a while so uh you know five year five years 90 million dollars for a really solid starting pitcher get a few years of free agency out of the way um that's, that's pretty nice, and uh, I don't know if he's going to settle in as a guy who's a three or a sub three ERA type, but I think a mid threes ERA type is very attainable for him for, for in the long term. So, uh, really solid uh, deal there for the Giants, and uh, they lock up their young, you know, starting pitcher. That uh, I guess he's kind of their de facto ace this year, um, although I think he's more of like a number two in a really good rotation. So, yeah, he's kind of taking over that ace role at the moment. Um, but he's he, like you kind of mentioned, he's a guy you don't really worry about the way he's going to age. 
through a five-year deal. Um, still only 26 as well. So he'll hit free agency at the age of like 31. Um, actually, probably 32 because this deal starts next year. Uh, but even then, like you mentioned, he, he's stopping out at like 92 uh, on, on his average fastball there. Has a really good changeup and slider uh, that he kind of works off that fastball slash sinker. So he's not a, a, a guy that's up there you're going to worry about blowing out his arm or whatever. Um, he, and, and the ground ball guy, and especially in San Francisco, a place where even if you do hang some, it, the ball usually is going to get knocked down by the Bay, by the bay winds. Um, so I, I like this deal a lot as if you're a, a fan of the Giants. Uh, Logan Webb's always been a guy who's played against the Dodgers really tough, so I don't like that deal from that perspective. But it's always nice to see these younger players kind of get that deal locked up you know, I think he was barely going into ARP one, so he's going to uh, you know get some long term stability there, and not got to worry about that arbitration process, which we've seen be a uh, a haggle these past couple years. But uh, let's go move on to our next extension, and it's one of the high profile trades that we had happened in the off season, and that is Pablo Lopez and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he's had a few, only a handful of starts there so far, but he's locked up now to a four year. $73.5 million deal, uh, and I believe that one buys out two free agency years. Yeah, now this is a really, really interesting extension, and I think it's more interesting than those first two by a pretty good amount. This guy, Pablo Lopez, has really um, he, he's really improved this year. His stuff looked better, He's and, and not that he wasn't already a good pitcher. But he's looked – this is the best he's looked in his career so far in his first four starts. Um, you know, in, with a new team, there might be some changes they've had him make that they – you know, they really like something about him. And they obviously really, really like him because after just four starts with the Twins, now Pablo Lopez is locked up to a four-year contract. So, um, you know, there's a few things that worry me a little bit about him, and, and the big, big one is durability. Uh, last year he pitched 180 innings, which was career high, which is – I mean, obviously 180 innings is really good. Uh, 32 starts, he didn't. You know, he, he, he pitched the full season. But before that, his career high in innings pitched was 111 in 2019. Uh, 2021, he dealt with injuries. Uh, you know, 2018 was his first year in the big leagues, and he only pitched 58 innings. So he's uh, definitely a guy that, um, you know, he hasn't been the most durable, like, you know, pitcher at the big league level. But if he's able to continue the improvements he's made this year, his fastball's up a couple ticks. Uh, the stuff's really played up with Minnesota. If he's able to continue what he's started off this year and, you know, silence those durability uh, concerns, this could really, really be a bargain. But obviously, you know, it could also – I think there's been a couple times he's started off really hot and faded a little bit too. So we'll see what the what, what happens there. But uh, very encouraging start to his season. And the Twins are like, yep, we're going to go ahead and lock this guy up. And uh, very good for them. Their rotation's been killing it. The team's been – looking a lot better, a lot of much improved this year. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward, but, uh, definitely a interesting deal. And, uh, I'm excited to see what, what he's able to do. And if these improvements he's made so far this year are real. Yeah. It, he had always been, seemed like a guy that had a little bit extra like stuff in there and that he was just never really able to unlock, whether that be, you know, poor development or if it was health, con you know, health concerns related with his durability. Um, and it just seems like he finally, you know, with that next step here, maybe just that little change in scenery, the the another coach just getting in there and, and tweaking with him. seems like he's really been able to unlock that. Um, and, and it's been successful so far. 
And why not? If you're the twins, you know, you have a lot of rotation questions coming up with Sonny Gray going to be a free agent. Tyler Molly going to be a free agent. I think even Maeda is going to be a free agent. Um, so pretty much you have locked down now you, that you're going to have Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, and uh, Chris Paddock, you know, when he eventually comes back. Uh, and then you can look forward to the rest of that rotation. Sonny Gray's had a really great year, so I wouldn't even be surprised to see um, – Minnesota, you know, look to kind of lock him up to a couple extra years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kenta Maeda had a really good uh, start to the season. I don't know if he, you know, how his last couple starts have been, but uh, I guess he had one bad start, but, um, you know, he's had a couple good starts so far. So uh, we'll see what happens with the the Twins, but they've been really, really good in that rotation so far. Absolutely. Uh, so the last extension that we're going to talk about actually happened just a few hours ago, and that's Hunter Green and Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he has signed a six-year, $53 million deal. There is an option in that that could take it to seven for 73 and some other escalators in the deal that can max out above $90 million. Uh, I haven't seen the exact thing. Somebody said 91, then there was like a 91 and a half, and then like a 93. So somewhere around the $90 million range is the max that he could get in a, in a seven-year deal. Yeah, this one's really interesting too. Um, Hunter Green's a guy that I think this is honestly a pretty risky signing because uh, he's a guy that hasn't fully stayed healthy all the time in the minor leagues. Um, he's a young guy. He throws extremely hard. Uh, he's, he's got talent, no doubt. Like he throws a hundred, his fastball average this year so far has been 99.6, which is insane. Uh, gets a lot of strikeouts. The control for a guy who throws that hard is pretty good. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit of concern about his ability to limit the hard contact. Uh, his fastball shape has been a little bit, um, even though he throws really hard, it's been a little bit hittable in his career so far, which they've been working with him on. Uh, you know, so far this year, pretty good start. You know, his metrics are pretty good. 424 ERA, um, you know, is not great, but it's, you know, it's just a couple starts. Last year in his rookie year, at 24 starts, he had a uh, 444 ERA. Uh, so so this is a guy who, who obviously the talent's there and he's not overmatched at the big league level. So you have to think that he probably will continue to grow to a certain level because there's definitely untapped potential here. But you are worried with with the injury risk with a pitcher of his type, you know, throwing extremely hard. He hasn't been super healthy in the past. Like, um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. But I, I like the I like that the Reds are you know extending a young guy long term. I do think the Reds sometimes get a bad rap for some of their moves because I, I do think that at times they've been you know willing to spend a little bit on free agents and and on extending guys. Like, you know, you look back at a you know, they signed Nick Castellanos and Mike Moustakas and all those guys back a few years ago. Like, they extended Eugenio Suarez to a big contract. So, I mean, it's not that they haven't ever been willing to spend a little bit on, you know, extending guys. And, you know, they're not like the A's. And people seem to, you know, kind of think of them in the same category as the, of the A's, of it, as in, like, they're never going to spend a dime. Uh, but uh, definitely good to see them, you know, locking up one of their guys long term. And uh, we'll see what happens with them. I think uh, – Definitely interesting, and, and Hunter Green's got all the talent in the world to be a future ace, and this could be a super major bargain deal if he becomes that. But, you know, it, he might not become that. We'll see what happens. Um, definitely uh, definitely like this move, though, and, and like to see the Reds, you know, locking up one of their guys. 
Yeah, I think it's especially the past couple of years, the Reds have got that rap from yeah. you know, not being able to or, or trying to shed the salary or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the interesting part is that as of this deal right here, Hunter Green is the only guaranteed salary on the Reds books after this season. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But, uh, you know, kudos to them for going to the young guy and signing him to an extension. I mean, you know, he's only in what year two of his major league career. You could have easily with a guy who has is as high risk with the way how hard he throws and the potential injury concern there. You could have easily let the renewal process and the arbitration process work its way out. He wouldn't have got double digit salaries for another four years, probably. And you pretty much went to him and is are guaranteeing him a good amount of money as a as a 23 year old and he's going to be able to hit free agency if that extension doesn't or the option doesn't happen i believe at 29 and even if the option it's going to be 30 so really you're getting the prime years out of a guy and you're rewarding him a little bit ahead of time uh, for that so i mean kudos to the reds for even though the rap that you've got the past couple years for going out and doing a deal like this which you don't see many teams outside of usually like the rays do um so uh, it is it is a super risky op- or deal because of the you know the kind of player Hunter Green is and, and the reliance so much on the velocity, especially playing in that ballpark where if anybody makes even slight contact, it's usually going to be a homer. But uh, overall, congrats to the Reds for doing it. Congrats for Hunter Green for getting his uh, his bag right now, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see how he develops. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump over to the injury concerns. Uh, only have a few of them, but a couple of them are pretty big. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, he is going to miss about four to six weeks with a hamstring strain. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He was off to a good start this season, had a 133 WRC+, plus, had hit some absolute rocket home runs so far. He'd hit four, and I think every one of them was just an absolute rocket. Uh, which, of course, that's what Stanton does. But uh, unfortunate to see him. I mean, we've seen this for the last, like, four or five years with Stanton. He just cannot stay healthy long term. Uh, it's unfortunate. He's such a great player when he's able to stay on the field. But um, it's just it's just not happening for him right now. I mean, we're and we're looking at a guy who, you know, this is really affecting his career and his overall numbers for his career, too. Because this is definitely a guy that – you know, if he could stay healthy for three or four more years, he could be in that 500 home run category by the end of his career. But uh, definitely unfortunate to see him just continue to get hurt. Um, and I mean, I wish there was a way that they could figure out how to, you know, not have him get hurt so much and to protect that. But it just seems like he's that type of guy. Most of them, most of the time, it's a quad strain or a hamstring strain or a calf strain, and those are the types of things you get from players that are quote unquote injury prone. So. Um, I don't like to lay, I don't want to label somebody that, but you know, those soft tissue injuries, uh, are definitely something. It's not like a bunch of freak injuries. You know, I know he had the one year he had the getting hit in the head. Uh, and then he had one year he had the, uh, hamate bone. Like these aren't those types of injuries anymore. These are the, you know, the hamstrings and quads and calves and, you know, pec strains and oblique strains, all those types of things, the soft tissue injuries that are really, uh, really, really been affecting him in his career. So hopefully he comes back in that, I think, four to six weeks and uh, comes back healthy. And the Yankees really, really need him in their lineup because, I mean, outside of Judge, it's not a great lineup. I mean, Glaber Torres has been fine. Rizzo's been fine. DJ LeMahieu's been fine when he's been out there. But, like, 
they're really like there's a lot of holes in that lineup and they really need Stanton to be in there as that DH every day. So uh, hopefully he comes back strong and because uh, he's fun to watch when he's healthy. Yeah, he's incredibly fun to watch when he's healthy. Um, if you can get him back and get in that like 100 game mark, 110 game mark, like I think it'll be fine. I mean, what he played 110 last year, hit 31 homers for you. Uh, you want the the uh, average and stuff to look a little bit better, but uh, the soft tissue injuries, and we'll, we'll talk about another one here right after this, but once you have them, they are so easy to get a second and a third and a fourth time. And they seem like every time you get that injury, it's just a lot easier to happen the next time. Um, and it's just kind of a thing you've seen with Stanton and, and like we'll mention here in a second with the next guy, but it's it always sucks to see those because they're, they're highly talented players. And then, just boom out of nowhere. And it could, it could not be anything. It's just a freak thing that like, Hey, you're running and your hamstring just boom. Like you got to have done all the stretching and everything in the world and just going to lock up on you. So hopefully Stanton gets back. He's always a joy to watch out there. He's always fun to see just what he's going to crank the next time, but uh, hopefully he's able to get back and hit some nukes. But uh, the next guy was, is, with the Texas Rangers is Corey Seager. He's also going to miss about the same timeline with also a hamstring strain. Um, and I mentioned, you know, he's had that issue ever since he was about a rookie or, or year two in, in LA. He, he's kind of dealt with that hamstring strain issue. Yeah, it's another one. It's really unfortunate. Uh, he was absolutely on fire to start the season in his first 11 games. He was, he had a uh, 186 WRC plus, a 359 average, 469 on base. He was about to make me look really, really smart for saying he was my dark horse for MVP. But uh, unfortunately, I think that four to six week time frame, missing that much time, is probably going to hold him out of that conversation this year. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely a guy. This it'll be interesting to see with with Corey Seager how long it takes him to get back and what the Rangers do while he's out because. The Rangers have had a good start. They just took, you know, a series in Houston this weekend, which was very, very encouraging for them. The pitching staff so far has stayed relatively healthy. Uh, you know, I guess it's worth mentioning last night, DeGrom got pulled in the fourth inning with a little wrist thing, and but it sounds like he's making his next start. So no concern yet over that. But um, that they've been healthy so far. They've been playing pretty well. This is their key guy in their lineup, their star player, uh, the $300 million man. And it really, really stinks to see a team that's really starting to look like they're breaking out a little bit uh, lose Corey Seager. And Corey Seager has, in his career, not been the most durable guy, like you said. Um, he's missed a lot of games. He missed, you know, he only played 95 games in 2021. He only played 26 games in 2018. I know one of those was an ACL injury, which is different, but, uh, definitely, um, definitely would, would like to see Corey Seager get healthy and, uh, see what these Rangers team can do. I mean, the Astros are struggling a little bit and I mean, it, you could see them staying in there if that rotation stays healthy and, and is, does as well as it has so far this year. So, uh, but we'll see what happens, um, and, and hopefully they can stay afloat while he's out because I'd like to see what that team can do fully ready to go. Yeah, it's going to be a massive, massive loss for them. Um, Seager, especially when he gets hot, he can carry an offense, uh, and, and you're going to be dropping down to you know either Ezekiel Duran or like Josh Smith at that point. Um, so that's really going to hurt. And, and the Degrom issue, you hope that he's he's back and it's a non-existent thing. It doesn't sound like it's going to be much. Wow. Um, but you never know with the guy who has dealt with a ton of injuries before. Um, so uh, 
hopefully it's been fun to watch the Rangers so far this year, uh, except for their hideous City Connect uniforms that they decided to release <laughs> pretty this bad. week as well. Um, but, you know, I think they're actually leading the division right now. Um, yeah. Not that it's by a lot, but uh, it's been it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah, I believe uh, they were they're leading the division, and I think the yeah the Astros are in fourth place. Yeah, uh, they're tied for third with the Mariners, but uh, the Angels are actually in second place at eight and eight, and Angels are ahead of the Yankees right now. So, um, you know, definitely uh, definitely a good start for the Rangers, uh, although it's you know obviously so early, but um, we'd like to see them uh, see if they can keep this going. Yeah, and I would expect if they do, they'll be aggressive at the deadline. They're, uh, I agree. They've always been that before. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, a little bit we wanted to say is is to mark that they started 13-0, and I believe that tied the best start ever for a team, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. It, it did. It tied the 1982 Braves and the 1987 Brewers. And I, I did have one little note on that, that the 87 Brewers did not make the playoffs after the 13 and no start. And I believe that 82 Braves team won 89. They made the playoffs. But they won 89 games, I think that year. So uh, just the kind of a note there that, you know, that 13 and no start doesn't lock them up as being like some insanely good team, but there's things that this team has done that are very, very impressive and including what they're doing right now to Nick Lodolo, who's a really good pitcher in itself. So uh, they're tearing him up tonight. So, yeah, but, uh, but to also talk about them, um, it's unfortunate about Jeffrey Springs. Uh, he had an elbow issue, I believe it was on Wednesday, um, and thought that he was going to be out for a month or two. Uh, looking into it more, it seems like the the consensus is that he needs to undergo Tommy John surgery. Uh, he'll be out until sometime in 2024. Um, you know, Springs is a 30 year old that has really broken out the past couple years with Tampa Bay and. This is kind of what we talk about with those young with pitchers. You know, you never know. He signed that extension this year, uh, you know, all the way through 2026 of the 2027 club option to get $31 million. So, you know, he's kind of protected himself a little bit there with if getting the, uh, at least some money. But it's an unfortunate issue here. He was off to a really good start and uh, another pitching injury for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, that's uh, for first off the. You know, the fact that he signed that extension, that's why these young players are signing these extensions, even if they're team friendly. Like Hunter Green is another – like that's why these players are agreeing to these things because you never know when Tommy John surgery might pop up and you end up not being able to make as much money as you would have normally and, and you just left $20 million on the table. But uh, Jeffrey Springs, and it was unfortunate. He was off to an unbelievably good start this year. Uh, he looked fantastic. He looked great in the spring. He came out in the regular season and just was shoving in his first few starts. And so unfortunate to see, you know, see that happen. Tommy John surgery. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back strong from that. Um, you know, we've seen a million times that, you know, that surgery has gotten so much better over the years and, and guys have the rehab from it's gotten better and guys have come back strong a lot. Um, you know, more often than not over the last several years, but you still never know with that surgery. And, uh, you know, hopefully he comes back strong and we get to see him at some point next year. So uh, if there is a team that can uh, can help a player with something like that, it would be the Rays, which is kind of the way they use their pitchers, uh, helping a guy come back from Tommy John surgery, you know, with just kind of their, 
mentality about starting pitching and, and guys going deep into games and stuff, uh, th- that is a good team to for him to come back with. And uh, the other thing with him, uh, the, with the Rays, you know, when it comes to like their team this year, um, that pitching depth that they have is really impressive. So ho- hopefully the Rays are able to overcome the injury. Um, you know, in fact, Taj Bradley's the guy pitching tonight. He's looked incredible in his first two big league starts. So um, definitely unfortunate. You know, Zach Eflin's also been out. I think he'll be he's he'll be back sometime somewhat soon. So um, you know, the, the Rays do have some injuries, but uh, and it sucks to see Jeffrey Springs go down. Wish him the best. Absolutely, you never want to see that uh, that happen, especially to a guy who's kind of been a guy who's bounced around a little bit, finally found a home and was really breaking out. It, it really sucks to, to see that. Uh, but let's go ahead and move over to, uh, we had a couple more prospects get called up this week. Uh, first of all, with Brett Beatty, uh, he, you know, he got a couple or a little bit of major league time last year when he get 11 games um, kind of struggled there. We had mentioned him last week when we were talking about why he hadn't kind of been called up yet. And, uh, then he gets the call just a couple of days after we were talking about him. Yeah, Brett Beatty's the guy that uh, top prospect. Um, he's you know, as, as with the bat, really, really, really solid looking. Um, his glove is still there's some question marks about his glove, but it's not you know, it's he's he's got some growth to do there, but it's not like really, really bad. But the the Mets need him. Um, you know, they've played a fairly weak schedule so far. Um, you know, and but the third base has kind of been an issue for them. I know Eduardo Escobar is not playing very well. And, um, you know, they kind of wanted to get him up. It's a spark. And, and Brett Beatty's a guy that, you know, he, it, we'll see what happens with him at the big league level this year. Uh, if he's able to break out or if he's, um, you know, it might take some time. You never know. But definitely a guy that, uh, you know, he, there's not really a lot of red flags about him. He did strike out a little bit uh, at a little bit of a high clip at double A, triple A last year. Um, and at Double A uh, last year, he, he struck out a pretty pretty good clip. You know, twenty five percent at Double A is not the best, but he's got a lot of raw power. Um, definitely a guy that uh, we'll see what happens with him this year. Yeah, he's a highly touted prospect. You just expect that they'll be able to figure it out at some point. Um, I believe he looked pretty good in the spring. So yeah, he did. Um, you know, with that thumb issue, hopefully it's all all the way back, and he's he'll be able to. Uh, to uh, you know, kind of break out and have a good run. Just hope that it waits a couple more days because they're playing the Dodgers right now. Uh, people usually seem to debut or or have good games against them when they're early in their careers. So hopefully that that trend stops. But uh, the other guy they got called up was kind of a more of a surprising one, which was Zach Neto. Um, he just got drafted less than a year ago by the Los Angeles Angels. Um, you know, has really crushed in the minors. Um, you know what a 200 average to start with but then in double a this year you know last year hit 320 went back to double a this year and just hit 444 so far um and got that call up to be the starting shortstop of the angels yeah this is a guy who was a you know he's a college draftee so he's a little bit older than some of these you know high school guys that get put picked up um he's an interesting player he he is a he's got a wild swing uh, but he still makes pretty good amount of contact, and uh, we'll see what happens with him. He he uh, last year in the minors, he only he's only played forty two minor league games in his career, 
So uh, he was drafted in 2022, last year, and then he went to high A and torched high A, and then he went to double A and absolutely tore the cover off the ball at double A last year. Um, You know, had a 132 WRC plus there, hit 320 average, triple double A again this year to start the season, was doing the same things. Uh, It already hit three home runs in seven games, and the Angels said, hey, we need somebody to play shortstop at the big league level, and you're our guy. So I'm definitely interested to see how this goes because I would be very, very, very uh, cautious about promoting somebody from double A to the big leagues after 42 games of minor league baseball. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know if the Angels have been great in the past about, you know, promoting guys at the right time. I mean, I just think of Joe Adele coming up so early and being so bad and it's really kind of wrecked him as a prospect. And, uh, I mean, uh, it's a little bit of concerning to me, but I think that, you know, Zach Neto's got the talent to really be good. And I mean, some of the projection systems like him as a pretty solid big leaguer this year. So, you know, a league average bat and a pretty good defender at shortstop. So we'll see if he's able to do that, then he's going to help the Angels an awful lot this year. And if he's not able to do that, then I guess they'll put him in AAA uh, at some point. So definitely interesting to see what happens here. But man, that... It's wild. 42 minor league games drafted midseason last year, and he's already in the big leagues. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very rare you see that happen. Um, you know, if there's a guy, I mean, he, he makes a lot of contact. He is really fast as well. So maybe that helps fit right in with what they need there. And if he could play a solid, uh, solid shortstop for them, I think it was what, like Gio Urshela and like uh, David Fletcher was kind of playing that position before yeah. him. So maybe you get a spark with those guys and. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll see. It, it is a really interesting scenario that you see happening. Yeah. Uh, but we're on the, the horizon of a couple returns. And the first one that's going to happen will be Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, he's going to return from his suspension this week. I believe it's on Thursday. I believe it's actually against the Braves. Is it not? I think he's no, to no, he's, no, he's coming back. He won't be. Uh, they face the Braves today and tomorrow, and then Thursday the Braves are off. I don't know who the Padres face next, but uh, he's not going to be in the Braves series. Who do they play on Thursday, or do they play on Thursday? Yeah, it might they be. play the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. So it would be against the Diamondbacks. So I think he can come back on the 20th. Uh, so, But kind of looking at what that's going to happen, you know, Tatis missed all of 2022 due to the injury and then the suspension for, I don't even remember what it was, but it was some drug with he claimed was for ringworm. Um, PEDs. But, well, it's some sort of PEDs, but um, still, I mean, that that is a high level player. One of the best players in baseball is going to make his return to an offense that has kind of scuffled, even though they've had a lot of big names so far. Um, he's going to be learning the new position, going to be starting to play right field, uh, but an all worldly talent, I believe in his uh, minor league rehab stint that he was able to play. I think he hit like 10 homers. One of them was like a three homer game. And then he had like two homers the next night. Uh, it is the minor leagues for a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. But still um, seems like he's all ready to come back. And uh, you know, that talent in that lineup, where well, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how he, he integrates back into that clubhouse. Yeah. I think with Fernando Tatis Jr. The only question mark about him is between the ears. I think that uh, just, you know, he's been away for two years. I hadn't played in a big league game. What's that going to look like? How's he going to, you know, how is he going to uh, prove that he's matured? And we'll see what happens. Uh, I, you know, I think that 
you know, sometimes young guys need to go through something like this. And uh, in order to mature, it happens. Um, and I think that, uh, man, he, he's he's such a talented player. Uh, he's hit seven home runs in eight games in the minor leagues. That's what it was. Uh, and, you know, he's torched AAA. Um, of course, it's, it's hard to put a lot into that, into AAA numbers. But, uh, you know, 2023, uh, you know, projection systems – have him slated for like seven wins above replacement, even in like 130 games that he'll be able to play. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what playing the outfield looks like for him. Uh, you know, how, what that does with his value, um, you know, and, and if he's able to, you know, make all the reads, make all the right decisions. Part of his problem at shortstop was he was trying to make so many plays that were, and, and you know, he'd lose focus at times and he'd try to make some crazy plays where he would just throw the ball away and give the other team an extra base or something. And I think that was kind of a lot of his issues at shortstop where he had the range, he had the arm strength, he could do it. It was just like those types of things. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously with him being able to hit as well as he has a triple a, you, you definitely see that he is fully healthy. Uh, you know, cause last year, you know, he got the PED suspension mid season. He was, the issue before that was a shoulder injury from being uh, crashing motorcycles for no reason. So, um, shoulder was the torn labrum. He then he broke his wrist with the uh, the motorcycle crash. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's right. Twenty twenty one was the shoulder. Twenty twenty two was yeah. He had the either way. He had he's had injuries, and you worry a little bit about injuries when he hadn't played. But obviously he's healthy because he's. I mean, if he had so many injuries, he was going to have a hard time. You know, tapping into his power, his bat speed was off or something. He would not have hit seven home runs in eight AAA games. So you looks healthy. Uh, we'll we'll just it'll you know we'll see what we'll see if he's able to get his you know get his feet wet at the big league level again and you know if, how that looks. But uh, you know obviously for a team that's been struggling a little bit, I mean Manny Machado hasn't looked as you know he had looked fantastic so far. Like Juan Soto's struggled and you know i think a lot of their struggles have been just kind of bad luck i mean juan soto has like a 171 batting average on balls in play like so i mean some of these types some of these guys are not gonna struggle like this all year uh but uh you know maybe fernando tatis jr brings a spark to him and uh we'll see what happens i think he's definitely um Definitely got a chance to uh, really, 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 really vault this team up back up into that top tier this year because uh, that division's kind of wide open right now. I mean, the Padres haven't looked great. The Dodgers haven't looked great. The Diamondbacks have honestly looked the best in that division, but I don't know how much I believe in them all year. I mean, Madison Bumgarner's still starting every fifth game. I mean, that's kind of scary. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, I, with all the stuff that, you know, it's been said about Fernando Tatis Jr. And, and all like, it's good to see him back out there. I wish him the best. It's, uh, you know, it's tough to see somebody go, even if it was self-inflicted, it's tough to see somebody go through what all he's been through. So. Yeah. The, the unworldly talent. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. You, you don't want to see guys who have as much talent as Fernando Tatis Jr. Miss games and, and miss games to stupid decision-making. You know, especially at that point, like he was rehabbing the shoulder injury that they had just got. I don't, I don't remember if he got the surgery for the labrum or not. Uh, but then right as he was getting ready to, to be back, you know, in the spring training, then basically wrecks the motorcycle and was in the DR, I believe. Yeah, um, I think he was in the DR. 
yeah, I think I think he was in the DR, you know, and then breaks his wrists and then he was getting ready, just getting ready to go into the rehab assignment or was on the rehab assignment, one of the two, and then got popped for the the suspension at that point. And, uh, you know, he's actually lucky that they were able to count the playoff games because I don't remember a lot of that happening most of the time for it because uh, he should have been back even later. I think the they went deep in, so I think they counted like an extra 17 games or something off the suspension. But uh, you know, he'll be back and he'll be able to play, you know, as long as he's able to play every day and they don't have to rest him, but play around that 130 game mark, 140 game mark. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, the 130 game mark, the last time he played in 2021, he hit 42 homers, 97 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, a 157 WRC plus and a 7.2 war. I mean, that was playing at shortstop, but still he was playing through a torn labrum as well. Um, part, part of that season. So, a guy who will definitely vault that Padres uh, lineup back. And I believe Bob Melvin even said that he's going to hit leadoff for them, uh, which will be you know, even scarier for that. He, if he's able to unleash more of his running ability. Uh, but the other guy that is going to be returning somewhere in the near future is Bryce Harper. We've talked to about him a lot, uh, you know, potentially, you know, not being put on the 60 day IL, um, and then dealing with him going to come back as a DH. Well, the latest uh, turn in the Bryce Harper uh, return story is that he is going to start training at first base uh, with hopes of potentially return returning to actually being a fielder rather than just a full-time DH uh, later in the season and then potentially look to move from first base to the outfield in the playoffs uh, if need be. But just kind of another way to get him out of that DH-only role and you know, get him on the field a little bit more, which he has said before he didn't like the DH role and they've lost Reese Hoskins for the year. So they really don't have anybody to play first. So it'll be interesting to see how he integrates to that position. But uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I'm kind of split on this. It's really weird for me. You know, Bryce Harper, Phillies really, really need a spark of some kind. I mean, they, they've really struggled to start the season. They really haven't played a tough schedule and they've still, struggled to a, a pretty rough record so far they're seven and ten um you know that they, they, they needed some kind of spark and bryce harper could be that spark they'd like to get him out on the field as quick as possible but man i i don't know about him playing first base because for one thing it's not like he's not going to be able to it's it's not like he's not going to be able to uh you know, not, it's, it's going to be able to just not throw if he's at first base. So it's not like it's going to help him come back, play the field sooner. I guess maybe a little bit sooner than the outfield, but like still it, it's kind of, you know, and he's never played first base or infield before he's played. He caught in junior college and in high school, he was a catcher. So maybe some of the like coordination of, you know, scooping the ball off the bounce and stuff. I, I'm sure that probably translates a little bit, but, um, there's a lot of to play in infield and he had never done it. And, you know, you're trying to learn a new position while trying to get back from injury while, you know, Tommy John surgery and rehabbing your arm. And I just don't, I don't love this move. I think it's probably something where they're just kind of talking about it and he might try fielding grounders a few times and, you know, maybe, maybe think about it. And, and it could be something where he decides to do that as a long-term thing to take some mileage off his arm because of the Tommy John, you know, really his biggest skill as an outfielder was mainly the arm because his 
defense out there. His jumps weren't great. He's not the fastest guy in the world. Like he was not a great defensive outfielder, but his arm was incredible. And I think that's part of his thing. You know, maybe playing first base, he can get to where he's doing that at a high level. And uh, but we'll see. I, I think he's a. You know, I, I definitely, if I were the Phillies, and it's not like, you know, obviously, you know, defensively, I don't think he'd be a huge upgrade over just kind of the replacement level guy at first base. And it's not like they have a, you know, they have, the, it's not like they've got the DH spot where they, you know, I mean, if he can't play the outfield, like you're going to have to put Castellanos and Schwarber out there anyway. So I guess it can free, free up the DH spot for one of those guys, but then you're going to have a guy at first base who's not a good defender so we'll see what happens i think um i don't think it's i don't i doubt he ever plays first base in a game at the big league level but you never know i mean we've seen it before so uh maybe maybe long term it ends up being a thing but it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah it's going to be really interesting to see um you know what that what that actually does look like because we've seen guys struggle with that transition like jock peterson a couple years ago tried it was not great and then we've seen other guys be able to succeed in it um so it was a bryce's idea to come to them so you could tell he's actually motivated to to work at it so maybe that it's a slim little thing that will make it work or, or the work ethic there at least to try and make it work but uh we'll see overall and, and see what it actually does look like uh, but the another interesting thing that we had, I think, broke last Wednesday was that a Salt Lake City group headed by uh, longtime jazz owner, Utah jazz owner, Gail Miller, uh, will basically lead a group that to lobby and pursue an expansion franchise in Utah. Says that they've uh, they consider they have a, a hundred acre mixed use zone in between the Salt Lake City Airport and the downtown core for it. Uh, and that the expansion fees expected to top two billion dollars, which they are all willing to uh, to do. So, what are your thoughts about uh, Salt Lake City as a potential expansion? Well, this is an interesting one. Um, you know, Salt Lake City is a a growing area. Um, it, it's interesting, as in it, it would be a, one of the smaller metropolitan areas in the big leagues, but it's got a huge TV market. Um, you know, because there's not a lot of um, you know, there's not a lot of teams in that area, and I think like the entire state of Utah, like a lot of Nevada, you know, a lot of that Mountain West area would be, you know, in that TV market. So it'd be interesting. Uh, they've been very successful with the Utah Jazz there. Uh, I know that that group has at times been involved with the Utah Jazz. Uh, you know, you, you said former owner. Uh, so definitely interesting there. They do have the minor league team, the Salt Lake Bees there. I believe that's also owned by that group. Um, so. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely an interesting spot. I don't love it for a few reasons. The first thing is that I do think that especially Las Vegas probably ought to get a team first and then maybe like a Nashville or Charlotte or something, um, I think are probably more like their areas are, are definitely larger. Of course, that being said, you know, like Nashville and Charlotte, you know, that's not a huge TV market because you're not getting the surrounding areas as much with, with the Braves being in Atlanta. Like, you know, you're probably not going to get South Carolina if you're in Charlotte or a lot of South Carolina, you're probably not going to get a lot of Alabama. You're probably, if you're in Nashville, like you're, it's more, it's one of those types of things there, but you know, the TV market might be all while the Metro area is huge. And I'm sure those places would support those teams, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think that, um, 
I mean, it would be interesting that the other the other real interesting thing is I wonder how MLB feels about having another super high elevation team. Salt Lake City's at like four thousand four hundred feet, so it's not quite Coors Field elevation, which is at mile high, but it's close. And I wonder how they would feel about not necessarily that MLB cares that much about you know like the game being different at altitude but that with the challenges that it take that it has to build a team at, at a you know we've seen from the Rockies for 25 30 years how difficult it is to put together a winning franchise and a consistently winning franchise in, in a situation like that with, with the lack of ability to gather pitching together you know with, with a new franchise establishing one especially in a market that's not the biggest market would it would it how well would it catch on if you try to establish that in Salt Lake City if you're struggling to really figure it out as a team that you know obviously is that you know it obviously has some built-in challenges in how to build the team so I definitely think that, that would be interesting to look at but um, hey I mean I'm all about you know new areas getting baseball teams I think that um, and I think that a, a two-team expansion makes a lot of sense go to 32 teams. Uh, maybe re- reorganize the divisions instead of having three divisions in each uh, in each league. Have four divisions in each league. Um, you know, have a, and especially with the expanded playoff too, have, with those two extra teams we've added over the last few years. Like you know, adding in the, these new divisions could could help that. So definitely, um, definitely like to see. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad that there's interest in a place like Salt Lake City, and uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I, it's definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. They Utah has a strong, passionate fan base. I mean, the Jazz have always had great crowds, great fan bases, great, uh, you know, just love for their team. Uh, I I think actually what you were mentioning with the, you know, the potential elevation thing, I think that might be another thing for MLB to really consider a good thing, maybe. Uh, We've always heard about the issues about with Colorado and hitters having to go you know, in and out of that ballpark. Well, if you have two of those ballparks on your schedule now, um, maybe that's a, a way that kind of helps players a little bit more um, or, or something. I don't know. I just think that it might be a, a good thing in a, for them to have a second ballpark like that to where not all the focus is always on Coors and the type of field it is. Because um, I do think it's a nice field. It just has to deal with that elevation. Yeah. Um. You know, it is going to be interesting. I think the at the end of the day, I think Oakland ends up moving to Las Vegas, and I think that's where Las Vegas gets their team at, anyways. Um, I, I don't, I don't. We'll see at the end of the day, but I, I think Vegas will. I, they will get one of the teams, and if Oakland moves there, which I think is probably Manfred's like ideal scenario, because then he can bring, you know, two new other cities to to the majors yeah. where like as in Oakland, if you just keep one there, then you already know Vegas is getting one. And then you basically only have one team for these other cities that are all bidding and you have viable candidates all the way around. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's Port, uh, Portland, if it's Nashville, if it's the Carolinas, if it's Montreal, if it's, I mean, just all over the place, there, there's plenty of places that could house a, an MLB team that deserves one. And if you pretty much only have one for those areas, somebody's going to feel slighted because I don't see them expanding past 32. Um, and really, it's rare to see a team relocate. Um, it, it will be if, if, especially if we get Oakland to Las Vegas, it'll be the first time in a long time. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it, we're going to see this really ramp up here. I know they said they don't really want to figure out 
you know, or worry about the expansion until they figure out what's going to happen with the Rays and the Oakland Stadium deals. But I mean, it, it's becoming a more pressing issue uh, as we get closer to you know new TV contracts and and all that stuff. And we've already seen the uh, the battle with the RSS feeds and the cable providers not yeah. uh, not paying the uh, the teams right now, and MLB wanting to go to more of a, a streaming service. Uh, only deal bit disaster um, for the streaming service thing but no yeah i mean but if you have two other two new teams as well i mean yeah. like that's just that's another thing to you know put in your negotiations so it's going to be really really interesting to see how this all works out i know we're probably still a few years away from that we're going to hear about plenty more groups coming out but uh, the salt lake city one was a really really interesting one because i don't think it's one most people expected um you know off the top of your head but uh let's go ahead and move over to our players of the week and go ahead and wrap this up um david had said beforehand if he was going to pick a player of the week it was going to be brent rooker so we just put that in there for him but uh matt who do you have for your player this week so for my player this week i picked garrett cole um you know he had a couple starts this week um i think it was uh I think the start on Saturday, he pitched a complete game shutout. That's kind of the main reason I had him on my list. Uh, you know, his other start was also pretty good. I think he pitched like seven innings in that one. So a uh, pretty solid week. Um, he, uh, you know, he's he's had a great start to the season. I think he's kind of forgotten about as one of the really good pitchers in baseball. And I'll tell you one thing that's encouraging with Garrett Cole this year so far. He is the, the, his issue in the past has been that home run ball. He has not given up a home run yet in his first uh, in his first four starts, first 28 innings, no home runs. And he's also getting the ball on the ground at a much higher clip than he did has in the past. So some very encouraging signs there for Garrett Cole. And uh, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. But that complete game shutout, uh, you know, uh, seven, uh, uh, 10 strikeouts. I think that's why, that's why I decided to put him on here. He, he had, he obviously uh obviously showed out and on on Saturday and it's a uh, very uh very very impressive uh for him his other start was seven innings two earned runs so not bad at all there either so yeah when Cole gets on a roll he's he's really really fun to watch um and you're always gonna have these games where he comes out and just flat out dominates the other team uh but. For my player this week, and it's going to come as a big shock to everyone that listens uh, to this podcast because you've never heard me uh, say this guy's name before. My player of the week is Cody Bellinger. Uh, And that's because on the week he just hit 500 with a 519 OPS, a 251 WRC plus, uh, a couple homers, uh, three RBIs, uh, had a home run robbery in Dodger stadium, which was probably the funnest thing of the whole weekend. Cause they've been cheering him all the way up to that point. He robs a Homer and then he starts getting booed. And then he turns around to the crowd and was like, what did I do? I don't, I don't know what I did. And just like his hands up in the air, which was really fun. But, um, you know, we've kind of seen the resurgence of Bellinger this year. He's hitting 310 with the 369 OPS or on base percentage. Sorry. Uh, 135 WRC plus, He's still been playing the solid defense, but what the the big thing you've seen is his strikeout rate has dropped so far. It's small sample size, but to about fourteen percent. I mean, that's right around the numbers. It's a little bit lower, but right around the time when he was winning MVP, he had a sixteen point four percent strikeout rate. He's walking almost ten percent of the time this year, uh, which is also up, you know, closer to the averages when he was really good those years. Um, 
his swing just looks a lot like his 2019 swing when he was successful. Uh, so it's been really good to see him get back to that. And he's had a really great week. I think he had his first five hit game of his career yesterday uh, against Oakland. So looks like Bellinger's starting to get back into form and uh, it's really fun, especially as he's my favorite player. So it's very shocking. I know that you guys see that I picked Cody Bellinger this week. Yeah, it, it has been an encouraging start for him. He There's still some things that there's concern with. I mean, his hard hit rates dropped again, which is concerning. Um, it's down to 34%. It was 39% last year. Uh, but uh, the strikeout rate cut down so much is great, and I'm definitely encouraged by his start. Uh, you know, and, and I think there's a chance that you know he's showing signs of – kind of improving. I don't think he's going to be 2019 Cody Bellinger again, but if he's somewhere in between, that's a really good player. So um, I definitely am encouraged by his start so far and uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I will say he did hit like his hardest home run ball in like three years the other day. Uh, And it just looks like the exit velocity drop. It just looks like he's not swinging as hard, which at this time might be the best thing for him. Um, Yeah. If you look at his baseball spawn page, a lot of red back on that page after a lot of blue the past couple of years. So uh, it is an encouraging start, but I'm just blabbering along about yeah. him because it's fun when he's good. But uh, I know, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about? I know you had a couple little things that you uh, wanted to. Well, just just a few things. I mean, uh, you know, we've got this week some some cool series going on we have the the angels are playing at yankee stadium so otani is is there facing off with you know the yankees mike trout so that's been interesting uh otani in the first inning today in the series opener there hit a home run uh which was an absolute rocket as well um so that was uh that was fun to watch um and uh, we'll keep an eye on that series. That's, that's a big series with the Angels, too, because they've shown some encouraging signs so far this year, but they've really kind of struggled to finish off games. And, uh, you know, they, they're up 5-2 to two in game one there right now. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to pull off a couple wins at Yankee Stadium, kind of kickstart them a little bit. Uh, you know, this weekend, you've got the, the Braves facing off with the Astros, which is a 2021 World Series rematch, which is uh, – interesting the Astros been struggling a little bit so um you know that that's a big series um Astros are actually losing again tonight right now um and then you've got uh you've, you've got some other interesting series like the Mets Dodgers going on right now um that's a that's definitely a very interesting series and uh you know it'll be interesting to see what happens this week I think um you know we'll we'll see I, I think maybe next week we can talk a little bit about you know some hot starts and stuff maybe Hooper thinking is for real maybe buy, buy sell type thing might be fun um so we'll see what happens but uh i definitely um definitely been enjoying the season so far it's been a lot of fun uh, i think um uh, and it's it's been great so uh everyone uh hope everyone else is enjoying it as well yeah i think the real fun thing has been all of the hot starts that we have seen and, and who those players have been because it's not been your typical players that you would expect. And I know we'll talk more about that next week, but um, you know, it'd been fun to see some of the breakouts, like a guy like Jared Kellenick to get, to yeah, get up to that's uh, definitely going to be on our, that's definitely going to be on our uh, list for the buy sell type thing. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode 122 of the bat flip podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week.